Hello and welcome to the RylaCast, the official podcast of Camp Ryla, Rotary District 5810. My name is Greg Tupper. My co-host for the evening is the man they call Josie, Andrew Josie Utz. Hello, Andrew. Well, hello, Greg. And happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to you, too. Does does Joni, let's just talk about our wives, does, uh, who are almost certainly going to listen to this, too. Um, <laughs> do, does Joni like Valentine's Day? Is she a big Valentine's Day person? She is not. Hmm. And I, it, it's it's not that she, I guess, indifferent. I, I whatever it is, I can say whatever, right? And she's gonna, we're gonna yeah, talk I about. I mean, it you're tomorrow. screwed either way. The right. moment we started that, we start the the moment I asked the question, we were both toast. <laughs> what about you and Jen? Oh, this is her favorite holiday. Oh, oh, oh yeah. okay. So this is number one on her list. Like the way I feel about Thanksgiving, and you know how I feel about Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the that's greatest how holiday she, in, of the year. Oh, correct. This is the best day of the year. That's how she feels about Valentine's Day. So, oh, man. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, you know, because and the other thing is like, it fits so perfectly with her because she's like an elementary school teacher. And so like, you can do cutesy things for mm. it. Um, yeah. Uh, so much so that, so we've got a four-year-old and a one-year-old and both go to daycare um, and go to what we call it school. And, um, and so in Hank's class, Hank is four. And so of course they said, Oh, bring your Valentine's. And okay. So they did a little Valentine exchange and stuff like that. That's not, that's not necessarily abnormal. Max is one. Okay. Max is in what they call infant two is the name of the class because it's okay. like, you're not quite a baby baby because you can pull up on things, but like you're one, you have no idea what's going on. Uh, you're a mobile potato. And, um, and, but my wife sent in Valentine's for his classmates. Oh, one. man. And they were like cutesy. They were applesauce packets and they had little things like your awesome sauce or I think your awesome sauce. I'm telling you, like, it, it, I, I seriously feel like sometimes I live in a Pinterest board. That is top tier. Yeah. Top, top tier. She, yeah, it's, it's a lot. Hello, honey. Happy Valentine's Day. I'm sure. She's <laughs> thank listening. you for, thank you for sharing, uh, sharing your husband on this lovely Valentine's <laughs> Day. Uh, no, she's, she's pleased to get rid of me. Uh, <laughs> this is the, the Ryla cast, the official podcast, Camp Ryla, Rotary District 5810. We do thank you for spending part of your day with us coming up here in just a little bit. We caught up with Shelby Taylor live on tape from Waco. Um, where we will talk a little bit about her Ryle story, about being a, a elementary school p- a public educator, uh, as well as Australia and uh, how, and and all that that implies. So a lot a lot going on with Shelby Taylor coming up here. If you stick around for the Ryle cast, um, but Josie, I've got the big segment this week. Got the you big segment. For the ball. I did call for the ball. I was uh, I was streaking down. I beat my man. They had press coverage, and I just threw up my hand. My hand, and I said, "Throw me, throw it up to me." And uh, that's a football reference for people who didn't watch Super Bowl. Anyway, all that's to say, I've got the big segment. And Josie, we spend a lot of time uh, on this uh, on this podcast talking about. Uh, being a good leader, the qualities of a good leader, uh, what we think it takes to be a good leader. Um, and, and yet sometimes I feel like we, we talk in many ways of like, I don't want to put this like leader to leader. 
um, where it's like, hey, I'm a leader. Here are the best practices that I have found um, that you can that you can use in your leadership capabilities. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. OK, I want to I want to instead flip it around a little bit and I want to talk about the people who are being led for a moment. Uh, talking about constitu- you know, constituencies, whatever it is, uh, the, the, the group that you're leading. And because one of the things that I feel like perhaps we don't do, a, you know, or we can do a better job of is maybe the, the best way to put it, is listening to what they want and how they want to be led and following their lead. Of course, we have to have our own leadership style, but at the same time, there different people are going to want to be led in different ways. They're going to want different kinds of management, different kinds of leadership, uh, depending on their personality type, what they respond to, et cetera, et cetera. All of that is to say that I would like to bring you the results of a survey. Okay. Mm, okay. okay. Big data guy. I am a big data guy. In the book, What People Want by Terry Bacon. Delicious. Uh, oh, yes. By Terry Bacon. Um, he surveyed 500 American employees, employees, not employers, employees, and asked them, what do they want from their managers? Okay. What do they want from their managers? What type of attributes, what matters most to employees? And so it's a big kind of wide ranging survey of asking people, what are the most important things to, to, to them? So, so now you've not seen this. This is true. You've not seen this. You, we don't, <laughs> you think we rehearse this? Um, <laughs> my question for you, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you three guesses uh, because uh, we have nine things that they, that they said that at least 74% of people said that they wanted from their manager and five things that they said that they didn't want from their manager. So mm. I'm going to give you an opportunity. I want you to name three attributes that you think you want from your manager that you think we're, we're playing family feud here. You know what I mean? So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you're familiar with the Steve Harvey program, um, what what are the nine things that employees say that they want most from their manager? Mm, let me say employees want most from their manager. Uh, feedback is one of them. Is feedback on the board? Hmm. Okay, I'm gonna put that in the. I'm gonna put that in the parking lot because it does. It doesn't have feedback on there, but it does have that. That I think is basically two of the things on the list that I think are are in in one. So I'm gonna give you partial credit for now. We'll we'll circle back to that. Okay. Okay. I guess, yeah, praise kind of comes to mind, but, mm-hmm. um, um, let's see. Okay. What, what people want from their managers, um, probably like a, like clear direction. Is that? Yes, this is on there as well. We'll get to that. Okay. Okay. Man, I'm, I'm really like steering into the parking lot and not really staying in the think lane. Think big, think big picture. Think big, big overarching like attributes. Mm, okay okay um oh man i was just gonna say leadership but like that's kind that's of, kind like of the generic point of yeah, what we're, leadership we're talking about too too generic okay yeah. um let's see my last guess what people want from their manager can i um i know you, steve harvey really doesn't do hints mm-hmm. um let's see i think 
communication? Is that? Uh, that is on again, that's on here as well. And it's kind of like in a different, like put in a different way. Okay. Um, I'll give you one more guess. Okay. Is it, uh, oh, okay. Okay. Honesty. Honesty. The number one answer. The number one answer. 90% said that they want honesty and integrity from their manager. That's the number one thing that employees said that they want. So okay. here we go. We'll, we'll run through the top nine. Okay. Number two, because you were saying things that were kind of dancing around a lot of these things. They just like said that in more broad ways. So number two is fairness, right? Fairness. Right. 89% want their manager to be fair and hold all account up employees accountable to the same standards. Okay. Three is trust. More than 86% want to want trust and to be trusted by their manager. Four, and this is kind of getting into some of the things you're saying, respect. Right. Respect. Right. They want they want respect and to be respected by their manager. Number five. And again, I think this goes to the communication thing you're talking about. Uh, number five and six, I think, go into that. Number five is dependability. Mm. And number six is collaboration. Right. Okay. You see what I'm saying? You were really you were on it. It was just like they said it in different ways. Eighty one percent said they want dependability. Six per, uh, and 77% said they want uh, they want to, uh, to be part of their manager's team and be asked to contribute ideas and solutions. Number seven, they want genuineness. So they want them to be, they don't want them to be a phony. Number eight, going back to the feedback thing you said, uh, actually eight and nine, I think feed and go to the feedback. Appreciation. Okay. 74% want their manager uh, to appreciate them for what they are and what they who they are and what they do. And number nine is responsiveness. They want their manager mm. to listen, understand, and respond. So those are the nine things that employees say that they need. I actually found the five things that people don't want from their manager to be particularly um, to be particularly interesting. Uh, we'll go in reverse order. The fifth, le- the fifth, fifth uh, least desirable trait for a manager is cheerfulness. Okay. Only twenty eight, only twenty eight percent want a cheerful or happy manager. They'd rather respect you than like you. I think that's interesting. That so, is interesting. That's not so. It's not something that they prioritize. That that employees prioritize. Number four, the fourth least desirable or like thing that they don't need: emotional support. Only 25% said that they want emotional support from their manager. Employees are looking for a co are, are looking for that among coworkers rather than a boss. Mm, That's interesting. interesting. To, to that same way, number three is TLC. Okay. Only 24% said they want. want, they don't want that. Only okay. 24% said that they want their manager to care for them. Doesn't mean being cold and detached, but they're not looking for a best friend in the boss, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Number two is conversation. <laughs> Only 14% want to have interesting conversations with their managers. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. I don't want to get you in trouble, but I want you to think privately whether or not you want to have an interesting conversation with your manager. I'm 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 going to say I'm the outlier on this one. I okay. I'll, I'll speak publicly, but uh and and number 1 with only 3% only 3% want their manager to be a friend. Okay. As in parenting, it is more important to be a leader, mentor, and example than a buddy. That's interesting. Now, I think 
again, this is talking to employees. So we're talking in like a work capacity. And I think mm-hmm. that certainly these things like are a little bit more um, mushy whenever you get into different kind of areas of leadership. But I thought that was really interesting that only 3% of people want like their boss to be a friend. That That is interesting. And I guess... I guess it kind of goes to more like the coworker speech. Like they're, they're looking for their manager to manage and lead them and they have, mm-hmm. they can get friends elsewhere. But, uh, that's fascinating. Yeah. So there you go. Um, according to the book, what people want by Terry Bacon, um, the number one thing they want is honesty, honesty, fairness, and trust makes sense. And I think that is applicable pretty much to every leadership situation. Right. And the three things that employees say they don't need are, Friendship, conversation, and TLC, which is interesting. Anyway, I saw that, and I thought that was particularly uh, thought-provoking. Um, so Absolutely. There you go. There's your big segment for the week. Think, speaking of thought-provoking, it's time to have a thought-provoking conversation with our friend Shelby Taylor. Let's go to Waco and talk to our friend Shelby next on The Rattlecast. <laughs> Oh, Greg. Let's go to the hotline, the Ryla hotline, the, the Ryla new and improved hotline. Ryla hotline, which is still looking for a sponsor. If you'd like to be the sponsor of the Ryla hotline, contact Josie because I can't be, I can't be <laughs> held responsible for that kind of stuff. Let's go to the Ryla hotline and welcome in my friend and yours. We're pleased to be joined by this week's guest, Shelby Taylor. Hi, Shelby. Hey, y'all. How's it going? Uh, we're great. Um, I presume this is maybe, maybe making a a too big of a presumption, but I presume we're coming, we're talking to you from Waco, Texas. You are talking to me coming live from Waco, Texas. Yes. How's, how's Waco? (laughs) Waco is great. Um, senior year starting to get those Waco blues going to be missing it. So I decided to stay for another year. So I will be in Waco longer, but everything's good down here. Is this like breaking news? Is this the first time people hear that you're staying for another year? Um, My family knows and my friends, but I don't think I've told any Rilo well, people yet. So surprise, grad school. <laughs> so, well, now the world knows because this is, as you know. Yes, nationwide, worldwide. Yeah, for it, it, sure. I yeah, mean, like the aliens could be listening to this. Oh, um, absolutely! They're well, tuning in right now. They're locked in. Well, <laughs> I know that if they were coming to make contact, the first thing they do is stop at the Rylacast. Um, of course. So, Shelby, let's start. This, we we certainly appreciate your time this evening. Let's 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 start with a, a question that we like to start these interviews off with. Uh, could you, um, as succinctly or unsuccinctly as possible, uh, tell us your Ryla story? Yes, absolutely. So I was a camper in 2018, and I had never heard of Rilo before, which I feel like is typical when everybody starts off their story. Um, Never heard of it before. Went in for the interview um, for the Mesquite Rotary Club. Ended up getting in and was super nervous because I had no idea what to expect about camp. Rilo's super secretive. Went to all the meetings before. Um, didn't know what I was signing myself up for and then turned out to be the best week of my entire life um, and has continued to be the best week of my life every year that I've gotten to come back. 
I was able to go back as an assistant counselor in 2019. And then COVID happened, obviously, so didn't get to go because of that. But then came back on staff last year in 2022 and applied to be on staff again this coming year. All right. So Mesquite, Mesquite's turning out a lot of quality people. Um, <laughs> just echoing your shout out to the Mesquite Rotary Club. Um, so what do you, and apologies, I'm, I'm unfamiliar with your, your time in Waco. Uh, what are you studying and what are you going to grad school for? Yes. So I'm studying elementary education, um, which is kindergarten through sixth. And then I'm going to be staying for my master's in curriculum and instruction so I could choose like a specific subject that I want to focus on or foundations of education, educational policy, um, any of those things. But Baylor has a um, one year master's program. So I'm going to be staying for that. Okay. So, so do you have an idea of what kind of track you're thinking of for grad school? You don't need to, if you don't know, that's, that's an okay. You, like we're not your, to be clear, we're not like your career <laughs> advisors. We're just your friends. <laughs> Yeah, no. Um, I had a rough idea, honestly, this past week. I was kind of didn't think I wanted to go into a specific subject um, just because I like all of them and I don't want to focus too much on one. I kind of want to be well rounded. Um, but this year I've gotten to intern at a school here in Waco. So I'm like in all the behind the scenes stuff, like every meeting, every professional development, teacher planning, everything. Um, and I've seen like a lot of the triumphs and the pitfalls of the education system, specifically public education. And so I think I'm going to be going down the foundations of education route for my master's um, just to see like what really like the education system in the U.S. is built on um, and how like maybe the morals of different districts um, and areas play into the type of schooling that students get. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to speak on behalf of the Ryla Cast, but as but as one host of the Ryla Cast, we do love us some public school, elementary school. <laughs> thank uh, you, thank you. True. I'm 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 uh, I'm I'm required by my wife, a public elementary school <laughs> teacher, to say that. But I also believe it too. So okay, so it's a, a two part question. One, going into uh, like your senior year, going into camp, essentially, did you mm -hmm. know that you that that you, this was the career path you wanted to pursue? You want to pursue uh, elementary education? Absolutely, yes, yeah. So in high school, I was a part of a palace program, um, which is basically like an intro to teaching program. So I did that my junior and senior year, um, and it was just never a question that that was what I wanted to do. And found Baylor um, that same summer that I went to Rila and. Their school of ed program is just amazing. And so I for sure knew that that's what I wanted. So then did you, did you find, let me see if I can phrase this correctly. Did you mm -hmm. find the things that you took from camp as being applicable to your long-term career goals? Like the things that you were taking from the, the Ryla experience, did you say, oh, I can see how this is going to be applicable to what I want to do for a living? Absolutely. Yes. I feel like being a teacher by definition is being a servant leader. Um, teachers just give a lot of their time and a lot of their efforts to the people um, that they're mentoring and that they're guiding like their students. And so I think at Ryla, I went into it kind of being that leader that was more inclined to take charge on my own and just like do things my own way. Um, 
just because I thought I was right all the time. And like through camp learning that servant leadership is guiding from behind and like building relationships with the people that you're leading and knowing what they need and addressing those needs, um, I think is the biggest thing in teaching. Like knowing my students personally, like their emotional well-being and their academic successes are like on my shoulders. And so I think being a servant to them in that way, um, Ryla taught me super applicable things for my career. Shelby, so camper in 2018, AC in 2019, mm-hmm. and you stuck yes. around. I did stick around. Camp in 2022. Mm-hmm. So what advice would you have for a young alumni, you know, you'd um, going from never hearing about camp to waiting three years to, to have the opportunity to come back to staff. Uh, mm-hmm. What was, what would be um, some tips you would give to young alumni to stay involved in the program? Um, I would just say to always make the time because it's so rewarding. It might seem like a week out of the summer is a lot or helping with advisory meetings a couple Sundays is a lot, but I think the time that you put into Ryla, you get that back tenfold, um, just in everything that you learn as an alumni staff, um, and just seeing how maybe older staff members lead, um, and guide discussion with students or, um, how they assign roles and things at camp. I think I learned a lot this past summer about, um, just the inner workings of camp. And I took that into my internship for sure of how to lead people well. And so I know it's hard being in college and not really having like a rooted place or like steady job or anything like that. But I think making the time for something that is so fruitful and so rewarding um, will pay off in the long run. Great advice. Thanks for that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, And now we come to the point in the interview where like all the other guests, we ask mm-hmm. you to plug something, maybe something you're into, book, movie, your own social media, uh, but we're going to turn it over to you and the floor is yours. Okay. So I am super into like travel right now. I did study abroad in November. I went to Australia and New Zealand And now I just have like the travel bug and like the learning bug. I want to know everything there is about how I can travel and where I can go and things that I can learn. And so um, it was just an amazing time to study abroad. I went um, with the School of Education. So I was teaching at a school in Australia for three weeks. But then I went to New Zealand for a week and just got to have fun um, and play. And just learning a lot about different cultures, I feel like I got to bring that back to my life here in Texas and like at my school in Waco, um, like New Zealand, everyone there was so kind. And so I feel like I came back like extra kind to people, which might seem silly to say, but um, I just met the best people there. And then the school that I was at in Australia, they were so focused on like creativity and imagination. And so since coming back and planning lessons, I feel like I've planned activities that um, challenge my kids to be a little bit more creative and think more critically. And so I would say like if anyone has the chance to study abroad or to travel, especially when they're younger, 
um, I feel like it's just great. Go and like see the world for yourself and build your own understanding of what you think about things. I think um, it's a great thing for anyone to take part of. Which part of Australia were you in? So I was in Brisbane. That was where we were stationed, I guess is the word. That's where we were living. Um, and then we also visited Cairns, which is where the Great Barrier Reef is, in Sydney. So that's where I was at in mm-hmm. Australia. Yes. Did you, okay. co- did you come back like, and um, did you have like a, like, had you picked up like an Australian accent? Or did you I like say things wish. in like an Australian way? I wish I had come back with an accent because their accent is like epic and so cool. But I will say I started using like some of the lingo and like terminology that they would use. Um, and so like silly little things. I, I actually, I, they add like onto the end of a sentence, kind of like Canadians, like, oh, that sounds good, eh? And so I like caught myself doing that to my mom when I got back. She was like, what are you saying? And then they call like, you know, writing a sentence and you put a period, they call that a full stop. And so sometimes with Mm. my students here, I'm like, oh, you didn't add your full stop. And they look at me (laughs) like I'm crazy, like, Miss Taylor, what are you talking about? Like, oh, I'm sorry. You forgot a period at the end of your sentence. But at the same time, you know, what's funny is that like, think about like learning how to write and learning things like calling it that I think could be like a really- yeah, it could be like like obviously the, yeah. it, the like the you know I don't know it's hard to unlearn things like because we right. just grew up learning knowing, knowing it as a period, but at the same time sure. I can see how there's like a lot of value in it in calling it a full stop because it just like feeds into your grammar brain in that way. Yes, so, I know. I yeah, know, maybe, I also maybe they maybe debunk into something. I think they are. They're into like I. They're just so brilliant. And I think they might be a little bit smarter than we are, but it's okay. Um, I They also debunked a myth. So everyone, like, I feel like every American thinks, like, Australians say, like, throw another shrimp on the Barbie. Mm-hmm. Everyone in Australia, they don't say shrimp. They say prawns. And so I yeah. made a friend there, and she was like, no, we don't say shrimp. We say prawn. And it's chuck another prawn on the Barbie. So my mind was blown when I found that out. Yeah. <laughs> Look, the, the Australians of... are great, but Vegemite is garbage, and we can all agree on that. It's um, horrible. Ask... Yes. Okay. Yes. So bad. I, I, uh, yeah. Yeah. Do not recommend it. Okay. Neither do I. Uh, I finally... do recommend. Sorry, I do recommend any like Australian no. candy though. They're like dessert sweets. Call them mm. lollies. Like their candy is the best ever. So. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Final question for our guest, Shelby Taylor. Um, We're Mm -hmm. recording this. Normally, we record this at 8.30 p.m. um, on on (laughs) Tuesdays because... um, Uh, because uh, both uh, Josie and I have children and they have bedtimes. And so we have to do that. Um, <laughs> yes. we, when we were booking you, we were going through your agent and your agent said, uh, could we move it up uh, to 815? <laughs> and the reason why, do you want to tell people the reason why? I would love to. Yes. So there's a tradition at Baylor called Sing, which is basically like a seven minute Broadway type thing. Um, we're all the Greek life and then an organization I'm a part of called Sing Alliance for like non-Greek life people. Um, we put on like a seven minute show and we choose a theme and music that goes with that theme. 
and we practice like for weeks on end until shows start um, towards the middle slash end of February. And so I practice on Sunday nights from 8.30 to 11.30 p.m. And on Tuesday nights from 9 to 11 p.m. And I wake up bright and early and teach the next day. Yeah. Hey, Josie, just a quick question for you. When's the last time you did something that started at 9 p.m.? Mm, <laughs> that's probably like 10 years ago. I'm confident. <laughs> she she told me, like, she in the email, like, we exchanged emails back and forth, and you were like, uh, like, you know, I, I have, I, I gotta leave at 840. I'm like, leave? Like, to go <laughs> yeah. where? That's, that's Betty by time. <laughs> like, from one room to another in your apartment? Like, yeah, that's... Like, that's when my day starts is at 840. <laughs> and, 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 okay, and, and just to close this out, like, you so you've got nine o'clock rehearsal here in just a minute, which is why we're letting you go. But also, what time do you have to be at school tomorrow? Oh, I have to be at school at seven fifteen in the morning. <laughs> mm. We're gonna let you go, Shelby I sound Taylor. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that that is nuts, but 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 we do appreciate your uh your your service being a, a public school teacher and elementary school teacher. Uh, God knows we need them. Uh, but also, um, we we appreciate you being our guest on the Rylan Cast having me there she is shelby taylor our thanks once again to our friend shelby who is staying up way too late that is i can't i just dude i'm like waking i i can't i'm waking up at 5 a.m i can't i can't do things that start at 9 p.m like after that, like this is true. The Super Bowl ended, and I did not even see them hand out the trophy. Like I just like okay, I'm gonna go to bed. Yeah, like I, I mean, I I watched them hand out the trophy, but I was actively getting ready for bed. But I went to a Dallas Stars game at noon on Saturday, wrapped up at two thirty, and I thought this is fantastic. Mm. All mm. games, all games should start. Yeah. In the daylight hours and end in the daylight hours. The, the youths, the youths are, they're, they're, they're wild, man. They're out they're there wild, all man. hours. <laughs> they're out there. Practicing their broadways. So anyway, we appreciate Shelby Taylor popping on with us. Yeah, thanks, Shelby. And now it's time for Josie to round third and bring us home. It's time to hand it over to Josie. Well, thanks, Greg. Yeah, I was uh, I was brainstorming and preparing as as one does uh, for these for this episode of the Rila Cast, and my brain trust at home, um, which is my wife, uh, suggested that I I pepper in some Valentine's Day connection to this segment. Um, oh, which had, okay. Some had some, yeah, had some kind of mixed mixed feelings. Nothing against Valentine's Day, but. Uh, but I don't have the same affinity as, let's say, mm -hmm. uh, the Teppers do mm -hmm. over there. But um, I thought I'd, I'd rope in, since this is a, a podcast of many, many topics, um, you know, you mentioned the Super Bowl. I did, I thought, the Superb Owl. The Superb Owl. I thought that I would uh, bring up um, a gentleman named Jarek McKinnon. Does that name ring a bell? I, I know Jarek McKinnon. Uh, not you, personally, but I'm oh, familiar, okay. I'm familiar with his work. I'm, okay, I'm very familiar with his work. He's a I want to say he's a Georgia guy. 
Um, uh, I believe, yeah, anyway. Georgia Southern guy. Georgia Southern. All right, there we go. Um, very fast. Yeah. Very fast. Um, so yes, for 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 all those folks who didn't watch the superb owl, um, Jarrett McKinnon has been in the in the National Football League since 2014, and I I realize what I'm about to say is going to come off um, potentially not knowledgeable, but it, but seems like a utility player. Very fast guy. He's been on a couple teams since 2014. Not really like your Patrick Mahomes in terms of name recognition, um, but a solid guy. He's a yeah. He's a he's a good hand. A you good, know what I mean? Good hand. Yeah. He's he's a he's a he's a he's a good cog in the wheel. He's probably never going to make a Pro Bowl, but he is. Uh, he's he's very he's very valuable to his team in um, even though he may only touch the ball a hundred times a season or something like that. Well, that thank you. Very very well put. Um, and I, I bring his name up because he received the ball with uh, with under two minutes to go, um, really in crunch time, um, trying to to um, run out the clock so they the Chiefs can secure the win. And he had a clear path to the end zone. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know you. I don't know if you know the number of people that have scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl. But I do. The, you do? No, I don't. Okay. Well, that would, it, been, it, that would be really impressive, though. If I would been like, been that's two hundred fourteen. Very impressive. Uh, it, it's not a lot, and yep. um, and and McKinnon had a chance to score a touchdown, go in the history books as scoring a touchdown in the Super Bowl, and he slid, knelt down at the one yard line, inbounds to allow the clock to run to keep the opponent from getting the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say that because that has a, a little uh, Valentine's Day love tie-in because at that moment, uh, you know, he put his personal accomplishments like like top of the top of the top tier aside to mm-hmm. get a championship ring for him and his teammates. And he was asked, um, obviously asked about that decision after the game. And it was no question. They called it church mode, I guess, is, is the mode the Chiefs go into. Uh, but I just thought, you know, uh, I can only imagine what's going through his head as as he sees the, the clock winding down and to just have the wherewithal to, to put mm-hmm. your personal accomplishments aside um, and really just put the team above all else on the biggest stage that ultimately, one could argue, led them to to the championship. Um, I thought was just an absolute fascinating display of of kind of team mentality. Yeah, it was it was understanding the situation, understanding that 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 the goals of the team are more important than than your own personal goals. Um, if you are interested, because um, I've looked this up, um, so he would have been the first ever player from Georgia Southern to score in the Super Bowl. Oh um, man. Yes. So that's one thing. Uh, did you know that among Texas schools, schools in Texas? Um, would you care to guess what school has scored the most points that what school in Texas scored the most points in the Super Bowl, like alumni, alumni of that, uh, that of uh, like college yeah, of that college. Yes. Mm, in Texas. Yes. Miami is number one, by the way, 80. Uh, this was back in 2021. So before two, so two Super Bowls ago, but, uh, they've scored uh, 84 points in the Super Bowl. Mm. Well, I, I would I would think now the obvious answer is probably like Texas Tech with so it, uh, with Patrick McCom- Mahomes. So it is Texas Tech. However, 
he doesn't get any he doesn't get he only gets it for the rushing touchdowns um because oh oh, oh, oh uh, let me is it a Wes Welker tie-in so that's it the answer is Texas Tech to be okay. clear okay uh, it is Texas Tech they've scored coming into this coming into the so two years ago they were 62 they scored 62 points in 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 the Super Bowl um alumni had but Patrick Mahomes, all his passing touchdowns did not count because they they go to the, all six of those points go to receiver. Oh, for, okay, for okay. Uh, but yeah, Wes Welker is a big playmaker there. Uh, they've got a number of of stars there. But yeah, the uh, the more than A and M, more than Texas, uh, more than Baylor, more than TCU. Yeah, it's a little Texas Look at that. Tech. It's a little Texas go. Tech. A little fun fact. A little fun fact. That was a fact that's fun. That anyway. is a fun fact. Um, yeah, but I I like the story of Jarek McKinnon. Good job, Jarek McKinnon, and he's a Super Bowl champion. Super Bowl champion. There you go. All right. That's going to do it for us. Thank you for spending a little bit of your day with us here on the RylaCast. Um, We would ask you to go to our website, Ryla5810.org. If you have not um, applied to become, go on staff at camp, you can do so there, I believe, still, right? Yeah. Um, if, uh, if you're quickly, yeah, if you received an email with a deadline that may or may not have been in the past, this is your, your green light to go ahead and still put that application in. Yeah. Go ahead. We'll, we'll, we'll still take it, but do it now. Like you're, you're late. We need you. <laughs> um, and so, uh, please go uh, apply for camp. Uh, it's at Ryla5810.org. Uh, and we would ask you once again to please, uh, rate, subscribe, this podcast and tell a friend and here with an antiquated way of telling a friend about the Ryla cast is Josie. Yeah. Uh, so antiquated way using my antiquated, um, uh, Ryla cast trends on the podcast connect app. I see, you know, we have some folks in Seattle, uh, New York city who are listening and antiquated way would be to, to write, listen to the Ryla cast on a little, like, uh, we're, we're going to do two things, paper boat and put that mm-hmm. in the ocean or lake of your choice. Um, and then you're also going to write it on a piece of paper, stick it in a bottle, cork mm-hmm. the bottle and chuck mm-hmm. that bottle into the sea. And we're going to see if we can drum up some listeners in, uh, in Australia. Love to see it. You'll love to see it. We, uh, and to our Australian listeners, we say goodbye. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Josie, thanks for your courage. <laughs> thanks, Greg. I'll talk to you guys next time on the Ryla cast.